0: Wake up and enjoy 30 minutes of freshly brewed baseball goodness. This is MLB Morning Coffee, a daily MLB podcast. Now, here's your host, Greg Baraz. Good morning, baseball fans, and welcome to the inaugural brew of MLB Morning Coffee a daily MLB podcast. My name is Greg Moraz and it is so good to have you along for what I hope is going to be a very long and fruitful ride talking baseball with you. To give you a little background on me, I was a minor league baseball play-by-play broadcaster for 5 years. I worked for affiliates of the Seattle Mariners the Milwaukee Brewers, the Kansas City Royals. I also worked for an independent league team. I called games in a collegiate summer league for two years while I was in college and did lots of games for my alma mater, Northwestern University. The reason why I started this podcast is twofold. The first reason is that I want to still talk baseball while I'm not working in baseball. After the 2019 season, I made the conscious decision to leave minor league baseball for a position in college athletics. I currently work in the stats and research department at the Pac-12 Network, which is a college sports network located in San Francisco, California. It serves the Pac-12 conference. I had always wanted to work in college athletics back to my time as a freshman at Northwestern. Now I didn't necessarily think that it was going to take this long for me to get in that position. But the opportunity presented itself, and I couldn't say no. Plus, the Pac-12 Network is located in San Francisco, which is where I'm from. But even though I don't work in baseball anymore, I could talk baseball till the cows come home. I'm a baseball junkie. I live, sleep, and breathe baseball. So that's why I wanted to start this show. The second reason, though, is kind of a personal listening reason. You're probably wondering why that is. I have about a 30-minute commute to work every single day. I walk about five to seven minutes to the train station, then about an 11-minute ride, and then I walk about 10 minutes from the Montgomery Street BART station to my office. I don't have anything good to listen to in regards to baseball. I listen to a podcast pretty much every single morning when I'm on the train or where I'm walking. That's kind of the generation that AirPods have brought us into. I listen to sports radio shows from Chicago, where I lived for five years. I'll listen to local podcasts from radio shows here in San Francisco. I'll listen to a couple of basketball podcasts, a couple of football podcasts. But there really isn't anything good in regards to baseball that's daily. I want to be caught up on the news daily. I want to know the exact headlines that are going on in the world of baseball every single day because I am that invested in the game. I am that invested in knowing the news of the day, because I just love the sport that much. And I know, and I understand that it may not be of the populace, but there are a lot of people, millions of people out there, that are just like me. They feel the exact same way, they want to do the exact same thing, and that's have a daily fill of all of the top baseball headlines. And that's what we're doing here. That's why I started this show, because I want people to wake up, get their morning cup of coffee, hence the name MLB Morning Coffee, and listen to their daily baseball headlines and be able to comprehend exactly what is most important in the game of baseball at that time. Now, I advertised on the trailer, and if you haven't gone back and listened to the trailer yet, I encourage you to do so. That we're going to have a series of rotating co-hosts. I want to have a permanent co-host, but I understand that there are a lot of people that cannot commit the time to doing a show every single morning. That's a lot to ask people, but I want to put an investment into this myself to where I'm giving that content every day. So I want to have a series of rotating people to come on, fester dialogue, and be able to have a differing of opinion that gets the listener to think about what's most important on that topic. And right now in baseball, there are a lot of different ways and a lot of different angles that you can take on the hottest topics in the game. I think that we have reached a landmark moment in Major League Baseball. And I want to have a variety of different people. Some people that you've heard of, some people that you haven't. We're going to have a lot of minor league baseball broadcasters on because that's the former field that I have come from. We're going to have some more general sports fans come on and be able to fester this conversation. What's most important is that we want to get you to think about the most important things in baseball that day. And that's our goal here on MLB Morning Coffee. We want to give you something every day that you're going to go to work or go to school and think about and have it just sit in your mind and keep your mind thinking like, wow, this is really important in regards to the game of baseball. I'm a more intelligent baseball fan for having thought this. I started this show at the time that I did because, as I made reference to a little bit earlier, this is a landmark moment for the game of baseball, February 17th, 2020. We are in the midst of one of the most important times in the history of this game. I cannot remember in my 20-plus years as a baseball fan having experienced moments like we're experiencing right now. And it was really one of those things that I don't think anybody saw coming until the first news of it broke and then it just was like a waterfall and it all started gushing down. If you don't know what story I'm talking about, well more than likely you've been living under a rock for the past couple of months. If you're a baseball fan though, there's no way that you've missed this and that is the sign-stealing scandal that has swept the sports world the Houston Astros, the Boston Red Sox, and all of the ugliness that is cheating in a game of baseball. I genuinely wanted to believe that what the Astros had done was legitimate. And I'm not just talking about legitimate in terms of victories. I'm not talking legitimate in terms of their postseason success. I'm talking about legitimate in terms of building the franchise. If you remember, this was a team that in the early 2010s was absolutely terrible. The Astros were losing 90-plus games every single year. I remember in 2012, when they were still in the National League, I went to a Giants-Astros game, the game where Matt Cain threw his perfect game. And the Astros were as bad of a team as any in Major League Baseball, and the timing was right for Matt Cain and the eventual 2012 champion San Francisco Giants to have that type of an output but the Astros through their failures were able to rise like the phoenix and build their team from the ground up drafting guys like Carlos Correa, George Springer, Alex Bregman, Kyle Tucker, AJ Reed. Now those last two, Kyle Tucker, he's going to have an impact at some point and AJ Reed was a guy that I think was going to be their first baseman of the future up until they signed Yuli Gurriel and then that plan fell apart, but then they built their pitching from the ground up. They were able to go out and get guys like Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole that made them that much better. And although they didn't get Cole until 2018, in 2017 they were the best team in baseball. They ran rough shot through the Tampa Bay Rays. They won a dramatic ALCS against the New York Yankees. They go to the World Series against the Dodgers, and they beat the Dodgers in seven games, beating up on you, Darvish, who many thought was one of the best pitchers in baseball twice, once in Houston and once in L.A., and everybody thinks this team is insane, and in 2018, they're good once again, but they end up losing in the ALCS to a team in the Boston Red Sox that I think a lot of people thought that year was the best team in baseball. The Red Sox go to the World Series and they handle their business against the Dodgers. And then 2019 comes around. The Astros are just as good. They've got Verlander. They've got Garrett Cole. They pick up Zach Granke at the deadline. Alex Bregman has a career season. Jose Altuve continues to play well. You had Cole and Verlander is two of the three finalists for the Cy Young Award. They go to the World Series again, and they lose to the Washington Nationals. And then all of this happens. And I think that it's interesting as baseball fans that we talk about this in hindsight because there are so many things that we didn't see coming that now that we look back on it in retrospect, we completely understand why it happened. And I know that in terms of my opinion, I'm pretty late to the party on this because it's been out there for so long. But you have to start with Mike Fires. And why is Mike Fires important? Why is one single guy that important? And the reason why he's important is that Mike Fires was a part of that 2017 Astros club, but he was also victimized by the Astros' systematic cheating. And here's why Mike Fires spent his last two years as a starter for the Oakland A's. Here are his 2019 game logs against the Houston Astros home and road. His first start against the Astros this year was on April 7th in Houston. Inning in two-thirds, six earned runs, gave up a homer. Walked four in that game. His next start against the Astros was at home. Six and two-thirds, four hits, two runs, three walks, three strikeouts, gave up a homer. Now you go to July 23rd. He pitches pretty well in Houston. Seven and two-thirds innings. Two earned runs on six hits. Walked two, struck out three, gave up a homer. August 15th in Oakland. Six innings. Five earned runs on six hits. He gave up four homers. Here's the straw that broke the camel's back. His last start against the Astros in 2019 came on September 9th at Minute Maid Park. Lasted one inning. Gave up nine runs on nine hits. He allowed five homers in the game. In 2019, Mike Fiers gave up 80 total earned runs. 80. Guess how many of those were against the Astros? Guess. Take a guess. Based on the numbers that I just gave you, take a guess of how many of those were against the Astros. The answer is 24. 24. 24 of his 80 earned runs came against the Houston Astros. That is exactly 30% of his entire earned run output from the 2019 season. 30 earned runs across five starts against the Astros, including a one-inning, nine-run start in Houston on September 9th. And you wonder, Why he's so upset, let's look at his last two starts of the year. Eight innings and five innings, no runs and two runs. So he goes 13 innings to finish the year and gives up two total earned runs against the Rangers and the Mariners, but in Houston gives up nine earned runs in one inning of work. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. And there has to be some information that fires knew about what the Astros were doing in the 2019 playoffs that made him want to come out. And that's what fast-forwards me to the next moment. I, I also I, I want to acknowledge John Boy Media, who made that video of Danny Farquhar in 2017 with Evan Gattis at the plate and the trash can banging. Like, his ability to isolate that video and take those bangs of the trash can also helped make Fires' case more compelling. But it might be, and this is my opinion, this is not proven fact, but this is my opinion that there may have been something deeper that caused Fires to come out. And that's Game 7 of the 2019 ALCS. The Jose Altuve walk-off homer. I've had a chance to be around a variety of different managers, pitching coaches, hitting coaches, players in my five years in minor league baseball. It is very difficult to guess what a certain pitcher is going to throw. And when that pitcher is a roll Chapman and he throws 103 miles an hour, that is even more difficult to be able to guess. When you throw 103 miles an hour, how in the heck Are you going to be able to figure out that a guy that throws gas like that is going to throw an an 83-mile-an-hour slider? Jose Altuve and his walk-off homer against Chapman was off of an an 83-mile-an-hour slider. How the heck are you supposed to know that against a guy that can blow you away with 103 miles an hour anytime he wants? And that's because he knew. Now, what's come to light very recently is Carlos Correa talking to Ken Rosenthal and saying that, oh, he didn't want his jersey ripped off because he had a bad tattoo that was unfinished and didn't want his wife to see it. Okay, there are tons of pictures on the internet of Altuve getting his shirt ripped off throughout the 2019 season for walk-offs. How suspicious does it look that he comes around the base, says, don't take my jersey off? Not only that but sprints into the dugout to change into his AL champion shirt before coming out and doing celebrations and interviews with the players. It just is too darn fishy. And I think Fires was watching that and knowing what might have been under Altuve's jersey, meaning the, the buzzer that people were talking about, and said, okay, enough is enough. If this goes unchecked, then there's no telling where this might stop. And that's why, in my opinion, Fires decided to do what he did. Now, he couldn't come out during the World Series. That would have been the worst PR move of all time. If he comes out during the World Series and says, hey, this was happening during the 2017 season. And if you haven't caught up on everything in regards to this, you can go back and and check all of the Articles written by Ken Rosenthal and Jeff Passon. You can go to John Boy Media and look at all of his stuff. There are so many different places on the internet where you can find all of the information in regards to the cheating scandal. But why is baseball in a position where it is right now? And in my opinion, baseball is in a position because they let it happen. Susan Slusser of the San Francisco Chronicle, who has covered the A's for years and years and years, filed a report that said the A's had made a complaint to Major League Baseball about the Astros doing this, and MLB did nothing about it. And Rob Manfred, and this is really the news that I think is most interesting, comes out yesterday on ESPN and in a press conference. He had done an interview with, I actually believe it was MLB Network and then a press conference to a field of reporters that what he did to the Astros was just punishment enough. And for those who don't know that punishment, they were fined $5 million, their first and second round draft picks the next two years, and they suspended Jeff Luno, the GM, and A.J. Hinch, the manager, each for a year. Both have now subsequently been fired. But he said that that was enough. And I want to make an argument. I want to talk about a different sport for why that's not enough. This may be one of the few times that you ever hear me talk about soccer on this show, but I want to talk about soccer right now because of what just happened to Manchester City. Manchester City is a club in the Premier League of English Soccer. It's probably the most famous soccer league in the entire world. On Friday, Manchester City received a two-year ban from the Champions League by UEFA and were fined 30 million euros for a violation of the Financial Fair Play Regulations Act. Manchester City has said that they will appeal the decision immediately, but still. They got suspended from the biggest tournament in all of Europe, the Champions League tournament, for two years and fined 30 million euros. I don't have the exact conversion rate to dollars. But think of the comparison. Postseason ban for two years and €30 million euro, as opposed to draft picks being taken away and $5 million. Oh, and they get to keep their World Series ring. Oh, and they also get to play in the playoffs if they make it again. What's the harsher punishment? Oh, it's the soccer one because they broke the rules and... And they had enough sense to give them the just punishment. Baseball needs to do this to the Boston Red Sox, whatever their ruling comes down. When Manfred says that what they did was enough, no. It's nowhere close to enough. It's not even in the same galaxy is enough. And this is why you see all of these Astros players coming around with complete half-hearted apologies. Because they don't care. They broke the rules. They're sorry they got caught. They're not sorry that they did it. This was a scheme that, and there are a lot of different reports out there, but it was led by Carlos Beltran, who retired after the 2017 season, and because his name was implicated in the investigation as the only player that effectively received punishment, His punishment was not handed down by Major League Baseball. His punishment was that he lost the only managerial job he'll ever have. Not ever had that he'll ever have. Because nobody is going to hire him again. The New York Mets probably got the biggest saving grace from being able to fire this guy without any repercussions because of what he did in Houston. Oh, and the Red Sox had to fire Alex Cora who not only was one of the ringleaders with this in Houston, but brought the same stuff to Boston. And now the Red Sox are on their fifth manager in the last 17 years, which is amazing, by the way, considering the fact that they've won four World Series in the past two decades. Unreal. So where does baseball go from here? And the sad fact of the matter is that I don't think this is done. I don't think this is anywhere close to done. We're still going to wait for the punishment from the Red Sox, which I believe is going to see the harshest of harsh penalties handed down to Alex Cora. I think, and this is just a prediction, that he'll get at minimum a three-year ban from Major League Baseball and at maximum he is going to be banned from the game for life because he was implicated both in Houston and in Boston. And I don't think that these are the only two teams that have done this. I just think they're the only two teams that are going to have an example made of them. And I think one of the reasons why the Astros have come to the forefront is because they were so flippin' arrogant in how they did this they go around and act how they were so much smarter than everybody, how they did everything better than everybody. Well, guess what? The tower is falling down on you, and you are going to see the wrath of it from fans and opposing pitchers the entire year. The thing that really got me today about what Rob Manfred said in his interview was that He is going to try and protect the Astros players that get thrown at? Are you kidding me? They cheated the game, and you're going to protect the cheaters against retaliation? There's a former pitcher. His name is Mike Bolsinger. Bolsinger pitched for the Toronto Blue Jays in 2017. That was the last time he ever appeared in the major leagues. He is suing the Houston Astros because the cheating scandal changed the course of his career. He made two starts against the Houston Astros that season in the span of five starts. He gave up four runs in five innings at home against the Astros on July 7th, 2017. The last time he ever played in the big leagues. He won a third of an inning. He gave up four runs on four hits. He walked three, gave up a homer, a third of an inning. And his career was done. That was it. He got sent back to Buffalo, the AAA affiliate of the Blue Jays, and he was never to be heard from again in the major leagues. This type of stuff, especially for 4A guys, for guys that are on the fringe of being major leaguers, and they come up, they make a start, this kills their careers. You have performances like these, and you never get to see the big leagues again. I've been in those minor league clubhouses when guys have gotten released. I've been in those clubhouses when guys have gotten sent down. I have seen careers end. It is sad. It is sad because the player did not achieve the dream that he dreamed his entire life. And to know that a team cheating may have played a role in that player's career ending to me, is the greatest travesty of them all. I've had a chance to ride the buses with all of those players. No, Obviously, not all of the players in minor league baseball. That would be impossible. But I've had the chance to ride the buses with players and see how hard it is to grind your way from rookie ball to AAA and into the big leagues. It's not easy. The odds are stacked against you. And the odds get further stacked against you if you have schemes like this that the Astros pulled off. And now baseball enters an age where this has come to the forefront and more is going to be unearthed. And you're going to end up seeing more happen with this. You've seen it from players. Players are angry. You've seen guys like Trevor Bauer and Mike Clevenger and Chris Archer come out with variety of different opinions in regards to how they're going to handle this and what they're going to do to Astros players like Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, these guys are going to get beaned and beaned a lot. And in my opinion, there should be absolutely nothing that Major League Baseball does to protect them. Because if Major League Baseball is willing to protect cheaters, then you've hurt the integrity of the game to a point or it'll never be the same again. And that may effectively be Major League Baseball's demise. As I said at the top of the show, I love baseball. Baseball's my favorite sport. It is what I have lived and breathed my entire life. And why I think it is so important to start this show, to start this journey here on MLB Morning Coffee with you, with this topic, is not just because it is the hot topic Of the moment, but it is a topic that is going to set the course of the game going forward. Now, there are so many other things that we can talk about, but I want to close, and I said we're going to cap these at 30 minutes. I want to close with this, and I'll get into this a little bit more on our episode coming out tomorrow. And we'll use these final few minutes of each episode to somewhat tease the main topic material of every opinion piece the next day because the way we're going to structure these we're going to go through the daily headlines and then we're going to save the end of each show for a little bit more of an opinion segment I know that this show has been mostly opinion and that kind of has to be how we start it because of all that has happened with this cheating scandal and how it has shaped the narrative of baseball going into the season of 2020 but another narrative that I think has to be talked about is the narrative of teams not willing to open up the dump truck for their star players and we go back to the Boston Red Sox and them willing to trade Mookie Betts the 2018 AL MVP one of the top three hitters in baseball in my opinion the three best hitters in baseball in my opinion right now are in this order Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Christian Yelich. They hit for average, they hit for power, they can go to all fields, they all play a really good defensive outfield, although I think that Betts and Trout play a little bit better than Yelich. And the Red Sox, who are top three in payroll every year, are not willing to pay Mookie Betts, and they're willing to trade him to the Dodgers. They're willing to trade the best player on their franchise to the Dodgers for prospects, Which, again, Alex Verdugo has a chance to be a good player, but you trade out a known quantity, the best player that through your own system, and the Red Sox have bought a ton of guys, the best player you've ever developed, and you trade him to the Dodgers so that you A, don't pay him the money that he wants, B, that you don't go over the luxury tax, and see, so that you can dump David Price's contract on there with him because you trade a player of value and a player who's making way too much money just so that you can get rid of the salary of the player that's making way too much money. I don't think it's right. And the Cubs are about to do the same thing with Chris Bryant, who, in their scenario, is probably one of the best players that they've ever developed. A former MVP, a guy that, is going to hit you 30-plus homers every year. That's a cornerstone of your franchise, and you're willing to give him away for prospects because you are not willing to pay this guy who plays in a franchise that prints money. Tom Ricketts prints money. The Cubs are going to have their own TV network. They play in one of the most beautiful ballparks in America. Their franchise value, since Ricketts has bought them, has more than quadrupled and you're not going to pay him because you don't want to pay the luxury tax? Are you kidding me? It's your fault that you signed guys like Jason Hayward that were never going to hit more than 20 homers in a year and signed him with an eight-year contract. That guy was never going to be a cornerstone of your franchise. Bryant was. That's why you took him with the second overall pick in the 2013 draft. Those are the guys you developed to keep. Not develop to trade away and get more prospects. You don't trade the known quantity for multiple unknown quantities. You trade Chris Bryant. You have closed the window on a chance of winning another World Series in Chicago. All right, that is going to wrap it for the maiden voyage of MLB Morning Coffee. I know it's only one episode in. Rate the show, review the show. I'm going to ask you to do that every single day. Why? Because I want to get better. I want to make this show better. We're going to make more fun content. This is going to be a little bit more structured than we had in this first episode. Leave a rating. Write a review. If you love the show, tell me why. If you hate the show, tell me why. And if you love the show, hit that subscribe button. Wake up every morning and have that nice little morning coffee logo pop into your podcast feed get on the train or get on the bus, get in your car, and pop us on every morning. A lot of these first few episodes are going to be just me, but we want to start to get our rotating co-hosts in sometime in this first week, and I'm really excited for that to happen. Appreciate you all listening to the inaugural episode of MLB Morning Coffee. We'll be back bright and early tomorrow to deliver you more of the content from the greatest game that there is. It's America's Pastime, and we're living it with you. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll talk to you in the AM.